Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's good to see all of you. I decided this was my August the 29th, so I hope you are okay with it, but I'm back. I'm going to preach again next week, and, uh, and then near the end of July, then I'll be back um, on the 29th of August. But uh, I'm going to share a little bit about my journey today. How many of you are new here that I do not know you? Would you just let me see your hands? You're new. Hi. Wow. There's a whole bunch of y'all. I look forward to... Uh, getting to know you once my wife lets me out of the doghouse. She has become woof, woof. She's back there telling people, no, you cannot go to his office. Stay away from him. And uh, she loves me. And uh, I am being careful somewhat. And uh, no, I I really am being careful. I've been home. So uh, I'm going to get in the Word in a couple of minutes. Before I do a couple of things, uh, I just have to take a moment to say thank you to my uh, entire staff and team and pastors uh, for the job they've done for the last 20 months. Would you give it up for uh, this amazing group of people? Uh, you know, I know that in the midst of uh, going through difficult times, emotional things, et cetera, et cetera, you, uh, I, I was with Jimmy Hughes this weekend. Did y'all catch that right there? <laughs> Jimmy Hughes is the master of et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Jimmy was in town, since it's loved you guys, came up from Honduras to spend two days with me and uh, had to leave yesterday because he's... We weren't good enough for him to preach here, so he had to go to a Honduran church in Naples to preach. So, uh, but no, just kidding. He sends his love. But, uh, you know, I, I know we all know that you don't make huge decisions, life changing decisions in the middle of stuff, right? And uh, so someone was asking me about that the other day, and I said, Well, I said I was diagnosed with cancer, and we had started the building before. Uh, uh, the reality of what I was about to walk through uh, came about and we moved into this new building actually a year from next Sunday, right? Next Sunday we will have, wow, can you believe that? We have been in this beautiful home for a year. Come on, give it up one more time for our beautiful home. I love our home. I'm looking forward to becoming more familiar with it uh, in the days ahead. But uh, To say that uh, my team has really risen up is an understatement. We've been through COVID, a church building project, uh, a lot of junk, and uh, my team has really risen to the occasion. And I I just want to say to all of you guys, wherever you are throughout the building, I love you, and uh, you're amazing, and uh, let's just do it another 30 years together without me being out. So, uh, amen. I want to welcome uh, not, all, not only all of you that are here, especially those that are new that I haven't got to meet. Some new people have actually brought food to my house a couple of times, and some might say, this is from so-and-so, and I was like, who is so-and-so? Well, they've been in the church for six months or a year. I was like, that's just not even fair, but uh, boy, do they cook good. It's uh, a way to your pastor's heart is through his belly, obviously, and uh, so thank you for all of you that have cooked for, for us and uh, wanted to cook for us. We've had to say no uh, a little bit because you people would fatten me up like a big old elephant. Um, Hello, Annie Bell. It's good to hear you, sweetheart. <laughs> Missed that voice. Also want to welcome those who are watching online. And I got friends in Little Rock this morning that are watching online as well. And a good new friend of mine, Pastor Greg Tinker, who pastors a church in, outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Greg was diagnosed with multiple myeloma about a year before I was and uh, walked through a season of uh, doing really well, and then back in 
January, February, his numbers uh, began to go up. And so he is actually back in Little Rock. He just had his second transplant this last week. And so been praying for him. He's there with his uh, dad, mom, his sister. And I uh, want to just say a big hello to those guys as well as Dr. Udis and Tessa. I think y'all should give it up for Dr. Udis and Tessa because they have hosted and uh, treated us, treated us like family. Thank you, Marianne. Isn't she amazing? Just give it up for Marianne. We're, we're going to just give it up for everybody today. All right. We just, we're, we're going to just clap for everybody. Start with Jesus and go down the list. So there we go. It's uh, everybody's worthy. So, uh, all right. I want to get in the word this morning and in the midst of, uh, me and, and can I just pause and say I think y'all should give it up for my wife who is just amazing Queen Queen B she she uh, see I, I might get to all of y'all I don't know that's just like I might let you give yourself a hand in a minute but uh, Suzanne has really um, you know we all have different giftings my wife never was like a caregiver that wasn't like her you know just. We all have different giftings, right? But, but she really has the anointing of a caregiver. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that because she, she's just been amazing. Still loves me after she's wiped all kind of places on me. Uh, she still loves me. And, and, and that is not, that is not new honeymoon type love, baby. That's, that's the real deal. That's the through thick and thin. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. When you first get married, you think you're in love, but you're just in lust, but, uh, you stick it out in the kingdom and you'll find out what lo real love is all about. And, uh, so uh, thank you, baby. All right, I want to get in the word and in, in, in the midst of this this morning, I want to share some words I trust that are going to encourage you, build you up, strengthen you. At the same time, I'm going to share with you uh, a little bit about the latest part of my journey. And uh, I, I want really this this morning to be all about honoring God in the midst of the battle. Can you say amen to that? We're, we're all going through a battle, right? I mean, if you're alive and breathing right now, you're, you've, you've just come out of a battle. You're just now going into battle. You're about to get ready to go into another battle, but there are just battles everywhere. That is the reality. How many of you are reading through the Bible with us this year through the, man, if you're not doing it, you're just missing out. I think I've gotten saved like four times already <laughs> just in the old covenant. I mean, dude, I was walking this morning saying, God, why didn't you just kill them all? I mean, I'm serious. Those kings of Israel, they were some wicked people. They sacrificed their own sons and daughters to false gods. I mean, it's just amazing when you spend time just hanging out in the word. And in my, 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 the richness of Paul's life. If you're not reading with us right now through the Bible, we have it on a lot of places, I think, on our website. Uh, you, it's not too late to start. You should jump in. I'm like 15 days ahead because that's all I have time to do anymore is just read. So, <laughs> so I, I'm way up ahead of y'all. I'm like, man, y'all got some stuff y'all are about to come through. It's, it's, uh, but, the, but this morning I was reading and I was just thankful. And I took a prayer walk and instead of saying, Lord, I don't know why you didn't kill him. You know what I said? I said, Lord, I'm so thankful you didn't kill me. I'm so thankful that when you look at me, you look at me through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Ain't none of you done anything good enough to be worthy of his love. Nobody's, nobody's that good. But when the father looks at us today under the new covenant, he looks at us through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And when he does that, he sees that which has been redeemed. Come on. Been healed, been delivered, been set free because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, you know, I don't know about you because what I'm going through right now, blood is just like a major part of every day of my life. 
Every day it's blood counts and blood numbers and blood this and is it high, is it low, is it this, is it that, you know? And, and the reality is I continually come back and say, I don't care what the doctors say, I don't care what the nurses say, the blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful than high blood count, low blood count, no blood count. I mean, the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary for our benefit was to heal and redeem and deliver. So I wanna read a couple of passages out of Psalm, Psalm 103. Y'all notice how long my hair is? My gosh, I need a haircut. It's, it is, seriously, can y'all see it? It's like this long. It is coming. That's what I got to say, it's coming. Psalm 103. Y'all keep laughing. Okay. Psalm 103, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, within us. Come on, say it out loud. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, and who heals all your diseases, who redeems you, say redeems who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, that's a good passage to hang out in every once in a while, Psalm 103. In Psalm 100, verse four and five, enter his gates with what? What are those doors back there? They're gates. When you come here, doesn't matter what you've been through all week. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter what tomorrow is already prophesying it's going to be. You walk through those gates with thanksgiving, with praise. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter how you felt. Doesn't matter which side of the bed you got up on this morning. What matters is, is we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. We give thanks to him and we bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That means to our children's children's children. If the Lord tarries, we have the promise that to our children's children's children, man, the goodness of God is gonna be revealed. So I wanna encourage you today that no matter what, you're going through, that God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. God is merciful. I know that in our world, things are bad, but they've been bad before. I know because I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> As far as I know, none of y'all have sacrificed your son or your daughter. I'd be all over y'all. We'd be beating you to heaven or that other place. I mean, there have been some crazy times in our world. And as bad as things are right now, the Psalmist David said, keep praising him. Keep giving him thanks. Keep entering through the gates of thanksgiving. That way the enemy will not be able to stop you. He will not be able to rob you of the confidence and the joy and the peace that you have in Christ Jesus. Mama Hyatt, is that you back there? Wave to me if that's you back there. Look at you. Are you still praying for me? That's why I'm still here, see? You cannot leave and go to heaven yet because he's not through with you. We are sojourners, say sojourner. That's not a word we use a lot in our vocabulary today. But we are passing through. And I have come to believe that in a lot of things we have no control over except our attitude and our heart and our willingness to be obedient to the plan that God has. We don't get up in the morning and say, man, I hope this kind of bad stuff happens all day today just so I can show off his glory. 
I mean, if you do that, would you come up here to the front? We would like to just do something. I, I don't really know what. I mean, nobody does that. You don't get up hoping for bad, but bad comes. People die. People get killed in accidents. Buildings collapse for no reason. Has that not, has that been on anybody else's mind beside mine this week? Jimmy and Jessica had just gotten to town a few hours after this happened. And Joshua, Jimmy and Jessica, Daniela's brother that lives in Miami, sent them a video. I don't know how he got it, but it was off of one of the security cameras. And when I watched that building begin to collapse, I'm thinking 9-11 all over again. I mean, that thing just, it, just like, and I was like, oh my gosh, there are people asleep that are about to wake up in eternity. They're about to wake up into well done, thou good and faithful, or they're going to wake up in eternal damnation. Nobody's going to be able to pray them out of purgatory. Whatever choices they made, whatever decisions they made, whatever their life plans were, they're over. And that really is the same promise that you and I live by every single day. Not guaranteed tomorrow. What am I going to do with today? I'm going to enter his gates with Thanksgiving, that's for certain. Come on, somebody. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what's going on inside. I don't care what's happening on the outside. I don't care what happened this week. When I have an opportunity to enter into the gates with the saints of God, I'm coming in with praise and thanksgiving. Because why? Because I feel good? No, because he's worthy. Because he's worthy to receive our praise, our honor, our worship. Yes, we're going through stuff, but he's worthy. Because you see, we're going through the stuff. We were never created for here. 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years maybe. But, but this is not it. I have an awareness of that today in my life like I never had. I sat through four and a half years of Bible colleges, probably heard preachers preach it and teachers teach it. <laughs> but, but boy, when it comes by revelation, this is it today. This is what you got today. What you gonna do with it? You gonna spend it feeling sorry for yourself? Woe is me. Or Lord, I don't understand all this bad stuff. Why does bad stuff happen to good people? Boy, isn't that the, the great question? All the philosophers wanna discuss that. It's real simple, it's called Genesis. <laughs> it's called the fall. I mean, that's as far back as you have to go. And because of it, even the righteous suffer. Boy, did Paul suffer. I'm, I'm reading this story just over and over and over because I, I just want to grow from it. Don't want to ever be guilty again of woe is me. Lord, why is this happening to me? Paul said, Peter said, the disciples. How many of you are still enjoying the chosen? Come on, somebody. Man, if y'all not watching that, I don't even know if y'all are saved. That is just one amazingly encouraging. I think it's actually the greatest media movie that's ever been produced in our lifetime. You know why? Because it leads us to Jesus. Come on, every time he comes on the scene, I just want to hug him. He's not even Jesus. But boy, does he portray Christ the way I wish I would have known Christ as a child. Because that wasn't the Christ I knew as a child. You're going to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You know, you messed up, you stole bubble gum out of your mama's store, you're going to hell. Just face it, everybody else is going to be raptured, you're going to hell. That was the Jesus I knew. 
But that's not who he is. This week, if you saw the episode, (laughs) Jesus says, Mary, did you think you wouldn't fall? But she says, but I'm not worthy. And he says, of course you're not. (laughs) Come on, baby, doesn't that make you feel good? You're right. I'm not worthy, but it's not based on my worthiness. It's based on him. We will definitely not understand everything that we go through as believers. But we can always trust God. I want to share some scriptures with you. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, God's word spoken here as being, listen to this, medicine, say medicine, Medicine. to my flesh. For all of you that went through in the last year and a half or so being afflicted with COVID, boy, you came to love being well when you were sick. When you were nauseated, when you had a headache, when you had fever. That's a great time to know how to get to the word of God and begin to quote it. He says it's medicine, life, life to my flesh. I'm sick, not unto death, but I'm sick. How many of y'all have been so sick before in your life that you thought you were going to die? Let me see your hand. And then, and then you were so sick that you hoped you died. <laughs> it was like, I'm too close to this side. I might as well just go on to the light. I was thinking about Lazarus this morning. After they resurrected him. Before he died a second time. <laughs> yeah, look, if I go to be with Jesus, I've told y'all this before. I don't want any mistakes. Don't want anybody practicing the resurrection on me. Not on this side. <laughs> I don't want to be resurrected back to here. Amen? Amen. If you're going to be resurrected, be resurrected to the Christ. And I know that there are still, even in in the world today, in America today, there have been people that have been resurrected. I just don't want to be one of them. I'm thinking, man, why go through death twice? I mean, I've already gone through death twice, right? You've already been born, then you you died, and, and you rose with Christ Jesus, and then your body's going to die. But the reality of it is, is that the power of Christ, while we're here, is here to heal us and bring life to our bodies. Psalm 107, verse 20, the the psalmist declared that God, listen to this, sent his word and healed. Sent his word and healed. Do you realize that most of the scriptures you read about healing in the new covenant and many in the old covenant always speak about it in the past tense, already been done? First Peter chapter two, verse 24. We were healed. The psalmist, the psalmist says, that he sent his word and healed. It's already been proclaimed. So, well, pastor, why are you still fighting this disease? Because I'm still fighting. See, it's what my body says and it's what the word says. I'm gonna teach on this starting next week. I'm I'm gonna just go back to some, I see Clint here on the second row. He brought a word Wednesday night for those of y'all that weren't here. Woo, it's a good word. I'm going to take that clicker out of his hand, but besides that, man, I'm at home going, lay the clicker down, Clint, lay the clicker down. I I, I said, my guys, I said, y'all don't give a speaker a clicker anymore. We don't know what to do with clickers while we're teaching. We we get all infatuated with it, but man, he brought such a powerful foundational word. And, And there are so many things foundationally, maybe some of it's because I watched a building collapse. If we don't have our foundation, ooh, this is good right here. If our foundation's not solid on Christ Jesus, in the middle of the night without any warning, 
your foundation crumbles. And guess what? Everything else around it has to come down. There's nothing that can hold it up. Nothing. I watched an interview last night. It broke my heart. Some TV person interviewed a young lady who had spent all of her summers in that condo with her grandmother because she had lived there for years and years and years. Her grandmother's body is missing. She said, all of my childhood summer memories were in that condo. Never in my wildest imagination did I think it could ever do what it did. Boy, that's a spiritual warning for you and I. Spiritual warning. We got to make sure the foundations of our walk with are in Christ Jesus and nothing else. Come on, say amen to that. Nothing else. The foundation is Christ Jesus and him alone. And when that happens, then you can build up your walls and put your windows in and your doors and get some pictures hanging on the wall when your foundation is solid, steadfast in Christ Jesus. Turn to Genesis chapter 17. I might, I might be in the old covenant for a while when I get back in the pulpit on a regular basis. But I was reading this principle that I'm gonna read you out of Genesis chapter 17, verse one through eight in just a moment, and then over uh, as well in Romans chapter four where Paul is writing to the church and, and talks about this principle. And I realized that over these last 20 months of my life, I've had to relearn some things to take them from head knowledge to life experience. It's one thing to preach faith, another thing to live faith. Another thing to talk about faith, another thing to have faith as the only foundation of your life. That without this I crumble, I fall, I die. And one of the principles that I have meditated on, given thought to, struggled with, fought with God over, is the principle of calling those things that are not as though they already exist. If you were here back in November, December, I preached for about six, seven weeks on imagination, the power of imagination, the necessity for us as believers to have a Holy Spirit-filled mindset to imagine, to see, and to say, hear me, what does not yet exist. Because that's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's faith. That's, that's the bottom line, the basics of my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ is by faith faith. See, I've never seen him or touched him, felt him or had him hug me or embrace me like we're getting to watch right now in this series called The Chosen. I've almost, I've almost written to see what you could do to sign up to go be a, just a, don't even open your mouth actor, just somebody that, that, you know, I'll be a leper, I'll be a lame guy, you know, I'll be a guy with an issue of blood, you know? I know I'm not a female, but I could be that. I could be, I could be the guy with the issue of blood. I, I just want him to embrace me. Because every time my wife and I watch him embrace anybody, we start crying. I mean, we just start crying. And it's like, you know, the disciples, they're back here like sword drawn. And Jesus is like looking at them and then he goes and embraces. The other night he cast a demon out from afar. Just his authority. I'm like, wow, we in the church have so much yet to learn. We get so puffed up and prideful about our degrees in theology. They're simple little things of authority, understanding, 
believing. I'm going to read a scripture to you in a minute that I struggle with, <laughs> but there it is. Jesus said it. So we're supposed to be doing it. And before y'all cast your stones at me, Genesis chapter 17, love this story. When Abram, old dude, say old dude. dude. When Abram, the old dude, was 99 years old. Y'all remember, my dad died at 99 years, three months. And a week, two weeks before he died, he called me to his room on his phone, called me on his little cell phone. Son, I need you to come out here to Ayers. I need to talk to you. Okay, Pop, be out there in half an hour. Jump in my car, drive out there. Walk into his room, dad's sitting on the side of his bed, Bible open, reading Jeremiah, no glasses. I wanted to slap him. (laughs) How are you reading your Bible with no glasses? You're faking, right? But he had great eyesight. And I sit down, he said, what's up, dad? He said, "I, I need a favor. What is it? I need you to stop praying for me. What are you talking about? All you ever talk about is me living to be 100. I pop nine months. We got nine months. We're going to throw a party. Woo! We're going to have a bash. He said, I don't want you throwing any party. He said, I'm tired. I'm done. I want to go home. And when I realized he was serious, I said, okay, dad. I release you. A week later, they called. Said, your dad closed his eyes. Went out there, he never reopened them. And a week later, with my cell phone sitting on his chest, playing his greatest song, How Great Thou Art, he departed this world into the presence of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I I don't mind going that way. Y'all stop praying for me, I'm done. I'm 88, 99. I'm older than 64, okay? So don't worry, I'm not asking y'all to do that right now. Please keep praying for me. Amen. I give no one authorization to stop. That's why Mama Hyatt's still alive back there. She's mad, she's mad at most of the time at me because she's got to keep living to pray for me. Ron said the other day, Mama Hyatt asked him if Pastor was going to be preaching in August, and he, he, he slipped and told her the other day that I was going to be preaching this Sunday. He said she started cheering and clapping, and he's like, so Mama, am I like chopped liver? <laughs> like, like, you never cheer or clap when I'm preaching. And uh, Ron, my daddy cheered and clapped when you preach, so it's just fair that your mom's cheering and clapping for me. So. so when Abram, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Come on, 99 years old. He doesn't have much energy to do anything else, right? But to live blameless before the Lord. He said that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings. Come on, somebody, how many sojourners we got in here? All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Father Abraham has many sons, many sons has Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. 
How many sons or daughters of Abraham are in this house this morning? Raise your hand if you don't know you're a son or daughter of Abraham. We're his all the way through the seed of Christ to the blessing of Abraham. Abraham meaning the father of many nations. And then Paul speaking to the church at Rome. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm begging you off. You're not reading the word of God. Start reading it. Because you're going to be like that condo that came down otherwise. You can't live for God out of good intentions. Got to have the foundation of God's word. So, so I just finished yesterday reading through the end of the book of Acts, Paul's life, Paul's journey. Man, Paul's in Rome. He's got a shackle around his leg, two years. But they let him invite anybody that wants to come to the house. And for two years, man, Paul is teaching them. All the way back through the old covenant, he's teaching them of the prophetic and the prophecy of the Messiah, the Christ that would come. Two years, he's bringing the truth and some hear and receive and some have ears that are closed and a heart that's become hard and they reject. But Paul's teaching and then you just, you finish that last page, that last word in the book of Acts and you, you go to Romans chapter one and boy, this morning, I almost took the time to read Romans chapter one, but then I'd have to have an altar call and about half of us would need to get saved. Romans one ain't playing. Romans one don't play. I mean, if you haven't read Romans one lately, just pull up your big boy pants and take a journey through Romans. Because all of this garbage we hear on our liberal media today that says we ought to act this way and treat everybody this way and all that stuff. Well, you can't find that in Romans chapter one. No, no, he don't play. But he gets over to chapter four, verse 17. And Paul says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things, say it out loud, that do not exist. He calls, he calls, he speaks, he declares with his mouth into existence the things that do not yet exist. That is the whole message of imagination that I taught for weeks. That one thing. It doesn't say, speak your word. It says, speak his word. You, you see, too many, I, I, I've, been, I've been in church my whole entire life. I've been through dead churches, churches that have, signs out on the building of what time their services were, but you didn't know if it was a memorial or a worship service because it was so dead on the inside. Memorial service 10 and 6 on Sundays and 7 on Wednesday. Dead, no life, no presence of God. And then I've had the privilege of being in places that just, wow, 15 years of age, when I stepped into the first non-denominational church, spirit-filled, Pentecostal, building seated about 250 people. There were about 475 young people packed in this place, acting, in my judgment, like they were crazy. I mean, they had guitars and drums. I ain't never been in no church in my life that had drums. We had a piano and an organ and nothing else. Nobody would raise their hand unless they were asked to be excused. Just first, second, what was it, Clint? Fourth stanza? First, second, fourth. 
Those people that wrote the third stanzas, you're out of here. We reject all your third stanzas. 7,000 hymns. Third stanzas, you're done. You're out of here. No life. Sing about victory in Jesus, but don't have any victory. Sing about living by faith, but have no faith. I don't want to be that church. I, I want to be that one that's willing to call those things that are not as though they were because God the Father says they are. Because his word declares they are. Because he is speaking it and declaring it. See, Paul speaking to the church at Rome, reminding them of the promises of God to and through Abraham. Not Abram, but Abraham. To Abraham, through Abraham, all the way to this century, this day, this church. God's word is still powerful. It's still mighty. It still accomplishes everything that God says it'll do. Come on, are y'all awake in here this morning? Because we have to stir ourselves to believe that no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what is happening in our lives, no matter what our family's going through, no matter what is happening in our nation, no matter what's happening in our school system, that God's word still supersedes every other word and God's word alone is what we put our life to, attach itself to. It is our foundation, the very teaching of Christ, that we will speak into existence the things that do not yet exist. God used the name Abraham to Abram. I was reading this yesterday. And I said, Lord, you spoke to Abram, a man who is 99 years old, and, and you tell him he's going to be a father of many nations. I want somebody to make a movie of that. Because I want to see what transpired in him to believe that he, Abram, married to an old woman in his own judgment. I mean, when, when she heard about it, she laughed. She laughed. But, but God, what did you use to change Abram's Perspective. And I almost missed it. He said, I gave him a new name. I said, you can no longer call yourself Abram because I call you, who? Abraham, the father of many nations. And Abraham begin to look himself in the mirror and say, good morning, Abraham. He was still 99 years old. And hear me. Oh, I got a revelation of this yesterday. Abraham did not get up and look in the mirror and go, dude, you're not old anymore. <laughs> no, he looked in the mirror and saw this, bald head, Whatever he saw, he had to settle in his heart that it was not more powerful than what God said. He had to decide that what God said was more powerful than what he was looking at. So he said, good morning, Abraham. And he said that over and over and over. He began to go around and say, hi, I am Abraham. Hi, I am Abraham. Hi, I am Abraham. What was he saying? I am the father of many nations. Dude, you're old and you ain't got no kids. Oh, is that what you see? That was that person I buried. See, I don't see him anymore. Yeah, yeah, but you're still old and you don't have any kids. Hi, I am Abraham. Hi, I am Abraham. 
See, God used a name to change the way Abraham saw himself. God established it by his word. By his word. Next week, I'm gonna come back and, and we're gonna spend some time in God's word and finding out how it alone determines what goes on in our lives. That's why I'm gonna beg you every time I have to get in the word of God. You're watching three hours of stupid vision every day and wondering why you're still not smart. <laughs> you see how I said that, sweetheart? I thought about you right there. You have no word in you, but you got three hours of liberal news and you drink the Kool-Aid. That's why some of you are still walking around the way you walk and talk the way you talk, because you don't believe God's word. I am Abraham. I am Abraham. Hi, I'm Abraham. You see, God has a word for you and I. God has a word for you and I that will change how we see ourselves. You're going through a battle, you're going through a fire, you're going through a marriage problem, you're going through a financial issue, you're going through a sick kid, you're going through a health issue in your own life. Hi, I'm Abraham. See, we talk so much about what we're going through, we lose sight of who God says we are. We lose sight of who He says we are. You see, every time Abraham said, hi, I am Abraham, what he was doing was declaring that thing that does not exist as though it already does. Oh, we got to live in this season where we get to go back and read where a year later, guess what? Sarah, the old woman, and Abraham, the old man, gave birth. But there was still just one child. Dude, you're still going around declaring, hi, I'm Abraham, father of many nations. Because Abraham had settled, that's who God says I am. Can I ask you a question today? Who's God say you are? What is it that God's been trying to speak into you, into your life, into your circumstance, into your situation? Are you gonna be moved by it or by what God's word says? Which is why we so desperately need to know what God's Word says. Let me read you two more passages of Scripture and then I'm gonna just shut it down. Revelation, anybody can handle Revelation? Revelation chapter 12. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. The authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them. Come on, somebody. Anybody been under the accusation of the enemy lately in your life? He doesn't stop. He doesn't go to bed when you go to bed. That's why some of you get up tormented with bad dreams. The accuser of the brethren is still tormenting you. And they have conquered him by the going to church, but they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word, okay, which word? Your word or hi, I am Abraham. Your word or God's word? 
See, can, can I just pause here a minute? I told y'all a few weeks back when I was getting ready to go to Arkansas, one of my battles. My battle between the flesh and the spirit. My battle when I've spent days or hours in the word, worshiping, praying in the spirit, building myself up, declaring the kingdom of God, declaring what I believe, what I believe God's word has said to me, I will go through this. I'll come out on the other side. Declaring that word, speaking it. Hi, I'm Abraham. Declaring that word until it's settled in your spirit. And then the reality of sitting with your doctor and he opens up the computer and you're ready to see what you have declared. Even what you feel in your body. Right now, I feel good. A month ago, my wife was having to roll me sideways on the bed so I could pee because I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't lift my head up. She was dressing me from my socks to my underwear to my clothes. Little tiny her having to get me into the truck to get me to the hospital. Weak, attacked, physically drained. Fatigue that you can't explain. Just fatigue that says your head ought to be sitting upright on your head, but it's leaning sideways because you have no strength to get it up. But declaring, prophesying and speaking. Hi, I'm Abraham. See, because it's that word. It's that word of faith that's gonna bring you through. Because if you start believing what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, what you're looking at, You want to start praying, Lord, just take me home because this is not life. It's not living. This is barely existing. But you keep speaking it and you declare it and you rest and you eat and you sleep and you walk and every day you speak the word of God until it begins to resonate. So that when you're sitting in front of the doctor weeks later, now feeling good, ready to hear this news that you believe with your whole heart you're gonna hear. But you don't hear it. Are you still Abraham? Is this word still the same? You might have set yourself up for a little bit of struggle or defeat or discouragement. But when he said, you're gonna go through this, he never bothered to tell me the timetable. And it's gonna be on this, this next experience. This is when you're gonna get it. So you speak it and you declare it. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is your testimony? What does my testimony have to be? That when you don't feel it, see it, or experience it. Is it stupid? Is it living a lie to say that it is when your doctor says it isn't? Or are you simply declaring what God said, because he sees the beginning, come on somebody, from the end. He sees it all. We see temporal. So do you get up and declare? His word says it. Therefore, it's settled. Not unless the word is the foundation of your life. Amen? Because if, if you're living strictly on the emotion of the moment, your doctor says, well, 
Five months ago, your number was 0.7. And today, after four months of chemo, 11 different chemos in your body and maflin that killed everything, nothing left. And then a transplant of 5 million new cells. You're still at 0.7. Yeah, but you see, God has the last word. God has the last word. See, 0.7 can be 0.7 or it can be 0.7. It can be a number. I got home a week ago Thursday and I, I, I admit I wasn't ready to preach that Sunday. So I, I had to walk through some of this for me. Last Sunday night, Suzanne went to bed and went to sleep. I was laying there. Finally at 1.15 in the morning, I said, okay, God, you must have something to say because I am wide awake. Got up, went to my office. 10 till four in the morning, I finished writing nine pages of notes from God to me. Has, has my word changed? And he said, you can do one or two things. You can stay home, wait for the bad reports to come, wait for everything the doctors think might happen to your body or you can get up and start living. See, it was last Monday morning at 3.30 in the morning when I decided I would preach this morning because that was gonna be my answer. It's time to get up and live. It's time to get up and walk it out. The very thing that I'm preaching and proclaiming is not just for you, it's for me. Amen? So we have to believe and declare and then choose. Hi, I'm Abraham. Who are you? Who are you? You see, Pastor George is not the only one. I just pulled a Pastor Ron there. I threw myself out there as a third party. You see, I'm not the only one sitting in this room today going through a battle. Your battle is every bit as real as mine. And you have to settle in your heart. You're gonna come crumbling down like those buildings? Are you gonna establish the sure foundation of God's word? You're gonna call those things that are not as though they are. Can I read you one last passage of scripture? Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, he says to the disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain be taken up, thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, verse 24, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. Can I just close with this this morning? So many of us as believers get so hung up on Mark chapter 11, verse 23, that if I say to the mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and do not doubt my heart that it will be done, but I cannot even cast out a molehill. We, we make that mountain Jesus talked about bigger than it was. Because as far as I, my recollection goes in reading through the Word of God several times over, I never once saw Jesus throw a mountain into the sea. But he sure did a lot of other stuff. Some of y'all need to get past trying to have faith to throw a mountain into the sea and just have enough faith to walk in victory in what his word declares so that whatever you ask with no doubt, believing in your heart that it will come to pass.
Would you bow your head? Father, so many of us, me, so many of us, we're still at that place where we're learning how to speak your word without doubt, fear, or unbelief. We're still trying to get to that place where we are proclaiming your word as your word. The same way that Abram heard, no longer will I call you Abram. Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us. To hear that. Casting out doubt. Believing in our heart. Because Jesus said it was. Because your word declares that it is. That we will imagine with faith, with the eyes of faith, we will begin to see that which is not as though it already is because in you, Father, it is. So I pray over us as a people that we will have faith in God. Even as Jesus cried out to his disciples, prayed for them and hoped for them, so, Father, we believe in hope as well to know you. Help our unbelief. Help us to come to that place where we see you, Jesus, for who you are for what you did and for what you're doing now, which is standing at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Help us on our journey. Help me on my journey to not waver. Help this people as we walk out the journey of life to be people full of faith full of hope, full of belief, confident in who we are in Christ Jesus. So that we will be able to be like Abraham and declare that as a declaration of faith as a declaration of a steadfast word. I pray this, Father, in the name above all names, Jesus the Christ. With every head bowed for just another moment, if you're in this auditorium this morning, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, maybe you been in church, maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe you've done religious things, but today what's lacking in your life is a personal relationship with the son of the living God who died a horrible death on the cross so that you could know Jesus in a personal way. If you're watching online this morning, If you will simply invite Jesus into your life, you see right now he's standing at your heart's door, knocking, wanting to be invited in because he loves you so much. So if you're watching online or you're sitting in this congregation today and you don't know Jesus, I'm gonna lead you in a very simple prayer. I invite you to pray this prayer. Afterwards, one of the pastors will tell you what to do and how to do it.
But right now, this is all about one simple thing, acknowledging your need of Jesus the Savior. Pray this prayer out loud with me. The whole congregation is going to pray. Pray it with us right now. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am in need of you, Jesus. I'm a sinner that needs a savior. Jesus, I invite you, be my savior, be my Lord, be my redeemer. I trust you and I give you my life. Today, I'm choosing to serve you with my whole heart all the rest of the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.